Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you find yourself in the world. It's that time again. WWW, what happened this week in the world? And what do we think about it? Ken H. always coming to you from Houston, Texas. My goodness, what a great time to be alive. And we are having a good time. And we are extra excited about, again, tonight's podcast because we have our returning favorite guest. David M. is on the line with us. He is live again with us tonight, and we're going to continue. For those that are new to the program, again, we talk a little bit about politics, entertainment, and sports. We'll then transition, have a nice little conversation about activities, have a wonderful word from our sponsor, and again tonight, a fantastic, fantastic benefit for those listening and faithful to the program. We want to take advantage of that traveling leisure. And let's get started. David M., my dearest friend, longest friend, used to be a professional athlete. Now he's a corporate executive leading teams well into the hundreds, and we are so grateful, David, you're back with us again tonight. Thank you so very much. What a time we're living in when you've got little politics that we talk about, when you have the world economy like it is, and tonight's topic happens to be on transitions. And, you know, the president has heard the numbers. We've heard the recession word. The economists are clear. The numbers are clear. Certainly the United States people are dealing with it. And yet the president's team wants to try to sell us on the idea of a transition. You're in a transition. And so you think about it, definition, of course, of a transition, the process or a period of change from one state to a condition of another state. Well, that just didn't fly with the American people. So David, have you ever had to experience in either your professional football career or certainly in the corporate world, how are we transitioning or even, is that a dirty word now? I wonder, is that even a word that you can use without people giggling? Certainly when the administration mentioned it, the rest of the world kind of giggled. <laughs> We're not in a transition, it's called a recession. Well, I'm I'm feeling I'm feeling the vibe that you're uh, laying down right now uh, because uh, there's a there's that word is being used a whole lot these days, as you mentioned, and I don't think it means what uh, the people who are saying it uh, are intending it to mean because as far as you and I are concerned, that word transition is change, and change is a part of life. Change happens. It's part of everyday life in this world. It's a normal part of life. But the way that they're using it is in the positive transition to something better when that's not the, the, the bulk of where America is. That's not what we're feeling, and neither is most of the world right now. So I, I hear what you're saying, and... I think there's a, a discomfort around that use of the word. You said giggle. Yeah, I think people are giggling because there's a lack of trust. And, and good transitions go with that word trust. Maybe we could revisit that. But that's, that's what comes to my mind right out of the gate, Ken. Boy, and I appreciate it. You, you think about yourself, and when have you had to deal with transitions? Was it the, the fact, you know, that you have to transition, the... Uh, way you had to transition or the selling of the transition. I think those are the three elements that we could think about. 
you know, obviously you just mentioned it, the selling aspect of this transitional word where everybody feels differently, they certainly don't see it transitioning into something more positive. Nobody's sold them on that concept. The idea that we have to transition or change into this, again, nobody said I, I wasn't in part of that, you know, boardroom meeting vote either. I didn't say we wanted to go away from where we were. Lower gas prices or whatever, bread and, and milk and stuff at the grocery store uh, higher now than it was. I, I didn't vote for that. I certainly didn't agree. I certainly don't like it. And then the fact that you, you're right, change is inevitable. Come country, you know, countries, companies. I know a company personally that's, you know, having to do that contract negotiation stuff and they're about to have either a change or no change or a little bit of change or some sort of change. The staff is a bit anxious and yet the senior members and the leaders of the company are doing absolutely everything they can to communicate, you know, the potential of what's either coming or how, how to deal with it. I mean, I, I wonder, is that more important than the actual, you know, change itself is the fact you, how do you, how do you present it or, or deliver the message? Hmm. No, that's a big part of it. I would, I would, uh, what's coming to my mind right now is just thinking about as a, as an individual going through change, I think it's imperative to really get your mind around what you have control over. Decide, okay, is this something that's outside of my control? Is this something that my attitude or my behavior or my actions can actually impact? Um, and then, and how much so? So right now, as you mentioned, uh, this is a, a world, this worldwide impact around printing trillions of dollars in the American economy, or the most of the world still using the dollar, the U.S. dollar, uh, and 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 how oil's connected to that, and how uh, and how there's a, a concerted effort to move the entire global economy away from oil and gas, fossil fuel, they, they call it. Um, but it, it's, I don't think these people who are mentioning those transitions really understand the impact to the, the average Joe and Susie Sunshine who, uh, who is, who is uh, tied and connected to, um, to so much of, of what's been the been the economy for the last 20, 30, 50 years. So what can we do? What can, what is in your control? I think that's a good question. And then, and then here's the other thing, Kent, as you've gone through your transitions, job transitions, relationship transitions, moves, how important has it been to have people in your life, a support system that you could talk to? Oh, I think that's absolutely critical uh, that, you know, for you've got a, a lovely wife and obviously several children. And, and so I don't have that support in the house situation, right? Everybody on this broadcast knows of midnight and his uh, absolute importance to me. And yet he's a great listener. <laughs> he's not so great at, at responding to these conversations, but boy, does he have big ears and he listens well. And so I'm grateful. But you're right. I think your, your uh, tutelage, your mentorship, your camaraderie, your loyalty, your trust, your truths 
have been paramount. I've got a couple other dear friends and family, of course, our support structures. So those, those are pillars to any type of change, whether it's across the country, across the world, moving into a new business in a foreign country. Uh, all of these things I have been blessed with having to change or have that transitional moment. My fear, as you mentioned earlier about the leadership of this uh, transitioning and stuff, they don't know what they're, what they're doing. They don't realize the economy, uh, drastic changes of their decisions. My fear is that, as you mentioned earlier, the trust is gone. My ultra fear is that I'm afraid these leaders don't care about these decisions and how it harms me. And they are so, this is the direction we're headed. We're going this way because we've dictated it. And that's the word. We're dictating this is the direction. I have just one question for the green new energy policies the, the, and, the, and the fossil fuel guys. And I'm an old fossil fuel guy in the oil and gas world for 28 years. Why can't we all just get along? I mean, the oil and gas guys aren't saying you can't have your windmills and your solar power and your electric cars. Why is it the green energy people only want to have battery cars and windmills and electric currents? Why can't they leave the fossil fuel people as well and let the consumer decide? I have the money, I can buy an electric car. I don't have the money, I'll stick with my gasoline car. If the prices get too high, maybe I take the bus. We're not really sure, but we'll see what that means. And that's an interesting way to stop as we take a quick little break. I love these moments. Fastest 25 minutes in the podcast world. I don't know how we do it, but I'm always grateful you're here with me and we'll take it for the ride. Boy, again, if you're here listening to this program, Travel Leisure Magazine is your destiny. And they have offered through this program, we are so excited, for $2.99 a full year of Travel Leisure Magazine. You just reach out to Travel Leisure Magazine, and they're going to give you that discount because you're a friend of the program. 866-737-8037. That's www.travelandleisure.com backslash order today. And you, yes, you can have the benefits of this fantastic magazine for 12 issues, $2.99. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much for that, David. I'm always glad you're here. It's fun to have these conversations the podcast is, is grateful. The audience seems to always appreciate you, and I get good feedback from your being on the program. So always thank you. You know the door is always open for your return at any given moment. We've had the luxury of having you two times before. We're going to keep that, that theme going as we continue to invite you back, and you're always welcome here. You know, transitions happen. I couldn't be a baseball player. You were a football player, but I don't think – as much as I love T-ball and was a good little baseball player, I don't think I could be a major league player. When I watched this week, and it shocked me, truly shocked me, how those deadlines for the trade deal were, you know, clock was ticking up until Tuesday 6 o'clock was the trade deadlines, and these teams were firing off players and back and forth, and one minute the player was on your team, the next minute they were asking you to clean your locker. 
here in Houston. The Boston Red Sox are in town. They were playing the Astros. The catcher of the Boston Red Sox literally in the interview said, they came and interrupted the interview and said, I'm afraid you've been traded. And they took him out of the locker room, and where was he? Right across the field in the dugout of the Astros, and he played for us on Wednesday. That fast, that life changed, that transition was done. And it's not like, okay, I renegotiated my contract, maybe I got more money, whatever. No, 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 you're gone. And Houston did the same. We had two players in the dugout. They left and cleaned out their lockers and were headed off to a new team in a new city. So those transitions certainly are, you know, you say a part of life, but how in the world can you mentally prepare for your boss coming in and saying, you're done, you're done, you're gone? Yeah, but I, did, I had a good game last night. You know, I, I hit well, I pitched well. Gone, just like that. The director of the Batgirl Bat movie, Warner Brothers, came in and said after $90 million production, uh, we're not going to produce this further. Your program is over. The movie's done. It'll never see the light of day. <laughs> and the stars, the cast, the directors are all reeling from that decision. Nope, we're finished. No Batgirl. Warner Brothers says thanks. As they transition to a budget-friendly, budget-conscious movie industry program. So it's just shocking to me how some decisions you can be prepared for and then there are those you don't have a chance to be prepared for. That's a very good point you make and I, I think there's certain occupations that people who are in those occupations expect to feel uncomfortable in their role and I think entertainment the whole entertainment you mentioned movies you mentioned actors professional athletes let's face it those are professional entertainers people pay to watch them entertain them by hitting a baseball and fielding baseballs and and shooting a basketball through a hoop or 22 guys chasing a pigskin around the field uh, that's what we're, that's what people pay for, and entertainment is a, an essential part of culture and, and life. It uh, gives us that release, gives us that, that chance to, to unplug and, and watch and be a part of a kid's game. So um, those, I, I, I don't envy those guys. Um, I've had those difficult conversations when I was in that world, and the coach and the, the personnel director coming over and saying, hey, we're going in a different direction. Well, like I mentioned before, having a support system around you, that's, uh, that's an essential piece of it. You have midnight where you can express your feelings, and he's a great listener, as you said. <laughs> um, but that's something that I think has helped me throughout the years. Uh, but then also knowing that there's purpose in this, and if, if you're a professional athlete, that catcher, he still has his, that contract is still the same. He still has incentives, and he still has to deliver, and he still has to have output. Um, and now it's just with a different team, different scenery, different teammates. Um, but it's, it, it certainly helps to know that that's par for the course, that's part of the terrain, and you can expect to feel more uncomfortable in certain jobs and certain occupations. Does that make sense? 
It does make sense. I'm curious when you talk about the support structure, which is an element that we all either do or don't have. You either do or don't get the luxury of having that moment to call on those friends, family, when you're in that time of a transition crisis change. Is there any way to prepare? Are you picking your friends for that moment, or are you gelling with a friendship, making the relationship happen, uh, bring the wife onto the stage, bring the, the girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, onto the stage? Are you making those decisions about your life with the mindset of, boy, would this individual be great when my life changes, when things change, when things happen? Are you that far in your forward thinking? I'm curious. Do, do people need to think? You know, I've had these conversations with people. I'm only going to date somebody I would marry. I'm only going to go out with somebody that I would guarantee they'd make the altar. Otherwise, I'm not going to date them at all. So they obviously have set that mindset up that they're never going to go out with somebody that doesn't have long-term potential. They're certainly not a short-term thinker, a one-night stand, a, a good dinner and thanks for coming, couple of dates and then I'll call it a day. They're very forward thinking. So I'm curious, is that a big, you know, is that a big part of your prep work? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, it's funny you mentioned that because there is a term that's going around these days called recession dating. And it's when, uh, <laughs> it's when certain people are, uh, because, because the dollars are tight, they're going out with people to get a meal and to get a, uh, some entertainment that maybe they wouldn't have gone out with in the past, but because uh, they can get a free meal and a good time out of it, um, they're, they're willing to uh, drop maybe their standards. Uh, I, I do think it's, it, it's important to, to learn how to interact with people, and, and not every single relationship has to have the same goal. Uh, I think you know that. Right. Um, you have great experience in that and understanding different you know, there's a square peg and a square hole and a round peg and a round hole. And there's different realities. But, um, you know, going back to your original question, we all, we all know who has the street, the street cred to handle uh, those, those tough times and those emotional um, roller coaster rides and who can be with us and who can handle that and, and, and best – uh, because of their own organic experience of those things, those are typically the people that we want to relate with and connect with during our difficult and uncomfortable times. But uh, those happen in my life. Those have happened organically uh, over the years. And um, old friends are always valued and appreciated. And I know, Kent, you and I go way, way back to the, the mid-'90s um, when our relationship was... Uh, connected uh, back there in New Jersey. But yeah, I, I think there's, there's, all different, there's all different people in our lives. We have a lot of different relationships and circles of influence. And we, we take it for what it is and appreciate everyone in our lives and know that there's a purpose for every person. Well, I, I absolutely agree. I think whether you're willing to say or can say I'm dating, preparing, or people in my life are they going to be those that only are there for me when I have a crisis or certainly can handle uh, a crisis. In that dating scene, you'll certainly run across times where things are tough and you'll be able to go, 
yeah, they're going to be a good, a good one for the long haul. They can handle this uh, change of pace. The, the restaurant closed early. They make you leave, whatever. You see those little minor hiccups in a moment, and you see the reaction of an individual, and you'll know, is that going to be a good or bad moment? And so you, you obviously have that, that idea. And then there's the, you know, the world is changing right now. They're having to prepare. So there has to be some sort of preparation for this. You say only be prepared for, you know, only be confident or only be ready for those things you can control. Europe is dealing right now as they're preparing to darken the lights, expecting Russia to kind of cool their gas production and, and make sure they don't see so much fuel over the winter. So they're already starting to prepare in Europe is starting to prepare and bring those energy numbers down so that they can be ready should Russia follow through and suggest they're not going to provide the heating oil for the winter. So they're going to try to get prepared. So as we think about it, change is inevitable, whether it's good, bad, good, whatever. And I don't even know that there is a good change or a bad change, a good transition or a bad transition. We, we just agree it's coming. So how would you, is there any two points, bullet points that you'd say, know this, and at least this, one or two things, might help you with almost any change or any upset uh, that comes your way. Is there any chance, I know I'm putting you on the spot, and I love the, oh, I, I love, oh, yeah. I, I love the yeah. look, I love the look I'm getting, which is thanks a lot for that, for that one. Yeah, no, I, I think just looking back at, you know, you want a couple bullets, I would say, going back to our original point was, if you understand the big picture, you understand that this is a normal part of life, okay, then let's, let's not get frazzled, let's not get worried, let's not hurry, let's take this one step at a time, the grace will come, we're going to walk this out with our support team, and we're going we're gonna to look for the future and the light of what those rewards and what those blessings and, and what's coming down the pipe. And if you, if you take life on in a positive way and you say, no, this is good. This is good for me. This is a, this is a necessary part of my development to, to be in this transition. And even if it's a difficult one, I, I think back to, you know, the old um, quote, I think it's from uh, Samuel Rutherford, uh, who was a Scottish Presbyterian um, pastor from about 400 years ago. He says when he's going through transition and, and he's going through uh, affliction, and, and he actually says it like this, he says, when I'm in the cellar of affliction, I look for the Lord's best wine. <laughs> I look for the best wine because that's where the best wine is. It's in the cellar. It's in the difficulty. It's in the transition. It's in the affliction. So I, I take that. I, that's one of those quotes I have uh, lodged away, um, and I, I think back to that. But that's a belief. That's trust. That's confidence that things are working out for my best. And I, I know you're, uh, you're on the same page with me on that, Ken. Oh, 100%, and we absolutely are always, first and foremost, thankful for the Creator and where we are, and we both would agree, and we both heard in, in each other's lives, we're here because of, and with that, 
in mind. There's no way you and I would ever take credit for where we've succeeded and developed in life and suggest that that was all our doing all by ourselves. Thank you for everything. No, that's not the way you and I even think. And so I think there's just, you're absolutely right. The, the, the main point is it's got to be something beyond our control that we can have that confidence and trust in. I love spending time with you. I am so grateful that you took time for us tonight. Folks, I promise you every time, it happens every time. Fastest 25 minutes in the podcast world. David is kind enough to take a little bit of time out of his life and spend it with us. We are grateful you are always available and you will always remember what our audience knows. We're in this together. We are absolutely under one sky and it's with that sound words and those famous songs. Oh, there it is. Wow. Always on time and always on cue. Thank you so much, folks. Enjoy the rest of your week. Have a great rest of your week. 10H Company from Houston. It is www.